0: Thanks for joining us for the Covenant Living Broadcast with Pastor John Butler of Covenant Life Church, located at 130 Atlantic Avenue in Bremen, Georgia.
1: It's Luke chapter 19. Luke Chapter 19. I'm gonna use this as my title this morning: Go Climb a Tree. Go climb a tree. When's the last time? Anybody climbed a tree lately? Yeah, we got we got one little young man right there. That's, yeah, that's about the age you climb trees. The older you get, you realize it hurts. You tear your clothes. You get bloody. You, and, and if you get up, you got to get down. But I'm going to talk about a young man who climbed a tree and it changed his life. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through, and a man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he couldn't see over the crowd, so he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him since Jesus was coming that way. And when Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down. I've got to go to your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly, and all the people saw this. This is a key verse here. All the people saw this and began to mutter, He has gone to be the guest of a sinner. How dare him do that? How dare Jesus go to the house of a sinner? Let me tell you a sidebar here. Let me tell you who these people were. These were the religious people. These were the people that were not interested in relationship. They were interested in their position. These were the people who pushed the... These are the same people who were responsible for crucifying Jesus. You say, well, no, that was the Romans. Right, but this, these people, this is the spirit that was behind what crucified Jesus, a religious people. Now, you can find religion everywhere, but let me tell you something. Religion is the absence of relationship, and that's who these people were. But I'm thankful this morning we're in a building of people who have a relationship. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Lord, here and now I give half my possessions to the poor. And if I've cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. And Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. Lord, we love you today. Thank you for this beautiful group of people in our worship I pray in these next few moments, let your word be strong and accomplish the purpose for which it is spoken, and we'll give you praise in Christ's name, amen. And you may be seated this morning. It's just hard to believe, I I looked at the calendar this morning, I looked out front at the board at all the activities that you're going to be having in October, and it just kind of stunned me a little bit, October. October and before you know it, it's going to be Christmas. I mean, didn't we just do that? I mean, we, we, we just had this. And the older we get, the faster time goes. It just blazes by. And time is measured in a couple of ways. There's the chronological time that I, that I just spoke about. And the older we get, it moves quicker. I, re- I remember growing up, it seemed like, the time from November Thanksgiving to Christmas, if you ask me what eternity was, I would say that was eternity. Three weeks of school. How are we going to make it three weeks of school to Christmas? It was forever. Now it's like if you don't have it done at Thanksgiving, good luck to you. But time is measured quickly. But there's another word, kairos, that talks about the events and the circumstances of the time. And there are times in our life, there are times corporately in the world, times in Scripture, when chronological time intersects the the Kairos times that God moved on the face of the earth. You go back in Scripture and you look, uh, a Kairos moment when Moses went to Pharaoh. Changed the course of, of history of Israel. David and Goliath, Jesus being born, Jesus being crucified. Those were moments that transformed history of nations and of the world. And all of us, we have those kind of of, of moments too. The birth of our children, uh, when we got married, uh, more importantly, when our grandchildren were born. There we go. I knew I'd, I knew that was a well right there that would get something up. And, and now we have five of those. And th- this week I had to go home uh, up to Tennessee where we, where we have a home where our children live. And so three of the five, two of them are teenagers, they're, they're not going to come visit you anymore unless they need some money. But three, three of them came and spent the night with us. They enjoyed it. We look forward to the next night <laughs> when they were gone. And having, having grandchildren is just payback for having kids. But it's a wonderful season, wonderful time. But I believe we are, we, we're, we're in one of those moments. I believe it started a couple of years ago with COVID. When, when we're in we're an intersection of time, a Kairos moment, when things are changing. We know what the book says. We know what the Bible says. And let me say in the beginning, God did not cause COVID. I do not believe that. He is a good God. As the song said, He is for you. He's a good God. But no, without question, the enemy brought this on the world. And what it let us know is this. In our comfort zone and life just going on, in a moment, it can shut down. In one week, all the comfort that we know of can absolutely be gone. And even in this season, even even the the enemy, the purposes of the enemy to to destroy the, the work of God and the things of God, God even uses those things to accomplish His purpose in the earth and in the world. And since COVID, everything has changed. And I believe that we have crossed a line in this world and in this nation that there's no return from. Everything that we knew as growing up, as institutions, and things that we believed in that, that we could trust, that, that we've lost faith in all of that. You look in our culture today, look, look at our politics. Can it get any worse? Yes. Yes, and personally, I dread the next ever how many months it is until the next election. I just dread it, the, the back and forth. And what it is, and, and reading the resume talked about living in Delmarva, D.C., we live halfway between D.C. and Baltimore in our responsibilities there. Many times we would go down, we'd go down to D.C., And what you see on the news is the mall and the monuments. And it's beautiful to look at those kind of things. But I'd often remark to my wife when we're walking the streets, there is a oppression over that city. There is a demonic oppression over that town. And what is it? There are principalities and powers that are fighting for control in that city and in that nation and over those people. Because as this nation goes, so goes the world. And what we see right now is we see our our status in the world being diminished. And something is transpiring. Something is going on. And here's what I hope and pray. That as we move into this, this next season of elections, that we're not like we have been in the previous elections. Because here's the problem. You could not tell any difference in the church and in the culture in the last election. We were just just as divided. And here's what we did in the church. And I know this may be uncomfortable, but that's okay. This is just my one day. I'll be in my truck. I'll eat lunch and I'll go home. It's all right. But here's what we did. Here's what we're already saved. If we just get our man or our woman in, everything will be all right. We just get this group in and we just do this. Let me tell you something. If you don't know it by now, you can't trust Republicans or Democrats. And the hope of the church, the hope of the church is not in our party. The hope of the church is in Jesus Christ. Our hope is that God is sitting On the circle of the earth, he is not moved by what is going on. And God help us as we move forward. You say, Well, we we shouldn't be involved in yes. Yes, you should be involved, but it should be at the point that we vote according to scripture, we vote according to God's word, and at the end of that, God will still have the final say so in our life and in the lives of the church. We look at the economy. Who knows what is going to happen? We hear of, of, of a recession. We hear of all kind of gloom and doom things and, and how the government last night, oh, yippee, another continuing re- resolution. And we're 33 trillion dollars. Nobody can even imagine how much money that is. We all know where that is going. Everything is being repositioned. Everything is, is getting ready for one thing. The, and now artificial intelligence. Scary. It is scary. But, but any tool like that, God can use that tool for good was talking to our son this week he's getting ready to do a do a class at a conference on artificial intelligence. Now let me tell you this. Some artificial intelligence will be better than some things that I deal with. <laughs> at least there'll be some intelligence. But we started talking about this, and, and one guy told me a week or so ago. He said, he said they're, they're fixing things now where, where you can talk, the Bible is being rewritten with artificial intelligence, taking some things out of it. And you'll be able to talk by artificial intelligence to Jesus and, and to Moses. He said, You'll also be able to talk to Satan. I don't know, maybe, maybe all that's true. I, I don't know, but I, but I also know that, that there will be some good things that will come of that, and I pray the church will use that. But right now, we have no idea The magnitude of artificial intelligence in the world and in the culture. What we do know is Jesus is coming. That is what is going on in the culture and in the world. And you and I are privileged to live in that moment. Are are you afraid? No, I'm not afraid. Because the Bible tells us that, that he did not want us to be caught off guard. That the coming of the Lord would catch us like a thief in the night. No, when those things come, our hearts should rejoice knowing that Jesus Christ is getting ready to come back. And I'm believing with all of my heart that I'm gonna be alive to see him return. Nothing as yet to be, there's nothing left to be fulfilled in the book, nothing left to be fulfilled in Scripture. Jesus is coming. He is coming back for his church, and he's coming back for a strong, strong, strong church that's looking for him. But what's going on right now is he's repositioning everything, including the church. And what happened during COVID? We watched it. People that we thought would never leave the church. See ya. Gone. But what happened was through technology, through you're able to to broadcast through Facebook. Some people never, they never had cameras like this. It was crude, it was ugly, but it was effective. They reached people that have never been reached. And so what God did, he brought people into the house of the Lord that were hungry for a move of God, hungry for the things of God because they sensed that something was happening and everything has been repositioned. And in this passage of Scripture, there was a young man by the name of Zacchaeus whom the Bible says he worked for the internal revenue service of the Roman Empire. Nobody liked him. Nobody wanted to be around him. He put out a Facebook friend request. Nobody wanted to be his friend. Because not only did he collect taxes, but he cheated people on top of it. And so nobody wanted to be near him. Nobody wanted to be around him. But... Zacchaeus heard Jesus was coming to Jericho. He's on his way. Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem and the triumphant entry just before he's going to be crucified. And Zacchaeus hears Jesus is coming to his town. He hears of miracles that he had done. And Zacchaeus wants to see Jesus. Something in his heart. No doubt that it was the Holy Spirit That was saying there's something about this man. Though you haven't seen him. You haven't witnessed anything he's done. You've heard about him. You've heard of of things that he has done. Changed people's lives. Raised people from the dead. Healed people who were sick. And Zacchaeus wants to see him. But Zacchaeus had a problem. Zacchaeus had an issue. The Bible says he was a wee little man. Bible didn't say that. Ever who wrote that little Sunday school song said that. But Zacchaeus was short. He had a problem and he knew it was going to be difficult for him to see the Lord. Zacchaeus had an issue. Listen, men and women, all of us have issues. Every one of us. I don't care what the resume said. I have issues. Charlotte said, yes. it's my wife. She said, yes, yes, you do. I have issues. I know that. All of us have issues. And here's what happens. Your issue will do one of two things. Your issues will just simply say to you, there's no use. There's nothing you can do about it. There's no way whatever problem you're dealing with, whatever situation you're dealing with, it's too deep. It's been too long. It'll never resolve itself you prayed but, but but nothing has happened and finally you just give up and you won't even move to solve your problem or your issue will push you, propel you to make the change to see the Lord Jesus Christ. One of those two things will happen and Zacchaeus made up his mind that he was going to see Jesus. He was what he was going to do was reposition himself to see the Lord. Now, I've I've seen the Lord at different times in my life. The resume talked about before all of that ever happened, I saw the Lord Jesus Christ when I was five years of age. I didn't even understand what was going on. I didn't even understand what I was doing. But I felt something in my heart that I needed to give my life to Christ. And I got up and I came to an altar. Thank God that we still have altars. The altar is the place. And it was beautiful to watch you come to the altar this morning spontaneously. Because the altar is the place where the spirit and the flesh collide. It is the place where God meets us just where we are. And I got up and came and gave my life to Jesus. I saw him again when I was a teenager. And he filled me with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave me the utterance. I saw him at that camp meeting service that he talked about. When I was going to college to do something else, and I felt the Holy Spirit say, no, that's not what I want you to do. Did I understand where I was going? Did I understand all the things on the resume? No. But it was a place of confrontation in my life where I saw Jesus. And it changed the trajectory of my life. And all of you, many of you, you have had that same kind of experience where seeing the Lord Jesus, it turns you around. But hear me, many of us, we saw him in 1970. We saw him in 1990. We might have even saw him in 2010 or 2020. But I'm here to tell you that those experiences are not enough for today. It is imperative that we, the church, individually and corporately, that we reposition ourselves, that we see him one more time. And many places that I go, you talk about change, and I've been dealing with some churches. Yeah, it is, yeah. John can laugh. He don't have he don't travel. He just right here. That's good. But I go sit down and I go, What uh uh where you want to go? These are in pastoral changes. And they go, We are ninety years old. Oh, praise God. That's good work, faithfulness, he's been faithful. Where do you want to go? We want to be this large multicultural church reaching out all over the world. Oh, that's great. Okay, well, here's what we got to do to do that. Oh, no, 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 no. We can't, no. We can't do that. Well, well, but you just said, oh, yeah, we we just, but mm, no, we don't want to do that. You know why they don't want to do it? Because they lose control. Because they lose power. And it is not about seeing the Lord afresh a anew today. It is not about seeing the harvest of today. It's living in yesterday, being comfortable in today, and wanting to take yesterday into tomorrow. And it's never going to happen. Listen. The God that we serve is constantly changing. He is constantly doing something new. Not that he wants to hurt us. Not that he wants to kill us. But so that we reposition ourselves. That we can reach the harvest that is current in our world today. And what we did in 1970 is not going to reach the culture in 2023. It's not going to happen. Go back to our kids several weeks ago. I we had a cancellation and we went to church with our kids. And uh, we went in and the lights were down even more than they are here. Worship started. And we've been through a difficult time. And I'm not going through all of that today. We've been in a little family situation. A very deep, dark time. And we went into the church where they are now and our daughter and her husband are campus pastors of a large church and our family is there and God answered prayer and it's a beautiful thing. And so we went in and the lights were down and see, I'm a low end of the FM dial kind of person. It's a little hard to believe I know that today. But everything just wasn't my style. Okay? All right? And the music just started. And I mean, when the music started, they got earplugs in the lobby. Doom, doom, I mean, it's just, you can feel it, man. And so, you know what? I have a decision to make. I, I, I got to, it might not have been my style, but I started looking at the front, and there I saw. Our family. I saw my daughter who, who, who we had been through a difficult season with. I saw her with her hands lifted up. I saw her dancing and worshiping and praising the Lord. I know when she gets up to the stage, takes the microphone and begins to prophetically speak. And she'll call and say, the Lord just woke me up with a dream. Things are happening. I saw our granddaughter standing on the front. And she was dancing and worshiping the Lord. And let me tell you, when I saw that, I didn't care how dark the lights were. I didn't care if it had been so bright that I had to put on sunscreen because I would have got a sunburn. I didn't care how loud it was. The only, and it mattered the style to me. As long as it glorified God, as long as it lifted Him up, the only thing I could do when I looked at them was say, Lord, lift my hands and say, Lord, you've been good to me. Your mercy is great. Your faithfulness is great. It might not have been my style, but they weren't singing to me, they were singing to the Lord. And listen, if you don't like this, don't worry. They're not singing to you. We're singing to the Lord. We're giving him honor, giving him glory, and giving him praise. So Zacchaeus climbed the tree he wanted to see. Him. Here's the result of climbing the tree. Number one, he saw Jesus. Sometimes, you got to do something different than what you've been doing. Sometimes he will ask you to do something. And really what he was doing, what, what, what Zacchaeus did, was an act of humility. Don't you know they were going to laugh at him? Here's the little tax collector, the little cheat, climbing a tree, scraping his legs. We will never get anything from the Lord until we humble ourselves before Him. Humility. What is that in this culture? We don't even know the word because this culture is all about us. And if you don't believe that, my pet peeve in the world is Facebook. I, I just wish one day that, that it would be called National Honesty Day on Facebook. Just be honest. You look at it, and everybody's life is beautiful. Everybody's life is great. They're on the greatest vacation. Look who they're eating with. Look, look what's Who cares? Now, I've got a, a mom at home. And and this is her communication. And, and me and my brother, we were razzing her one day about Facebook. And she just said, This is how I communicate with my friends. So I get that. Okay, I get that. But beyond that, give us all a break. Because your your life is not all of that. It's it's all about us and what we're doing and where we're going and how great things are. Let me tell you, in the kingdom, God will ask you, you're not going to get anything through Facebook telling God how great you are. No. The, The only thing we have today is because he gave it to us. We had breath this morning because he gave it to us. We had our right minds today because he gave it to us. And sometimes he will ask us to get out of our comfort zone and do something we've never done in order to get what he wants to give us I'll give you an example in this situation here my wife and I we we had fasted and prayed for a long time we were in a deep time of fasting and prayer we went to church one Sunday night when they had Sunday night And everybody in that town knew us and knew what we were dealing with. And when I came in, the church, they had one of those amen corners. It's a large church, but we always sat on the front row. We went in, sat Sunday night, and worship began. And the Spirit of the Lord started moving. And I heard the Holy Spirit just whisper to me, dance on the devil's head. Now, that's problematic for me. I don't do that. Now, there's people like I just I told you about the previous situation where my daughter and grand I mean, the music starts, and they're down front just jumping up and down like pogo sticks and just all over the place. Listen, I don't do that. It hurts too bad. One thing. And it's just not my expression of worship. I'm not criticizing those who have at it. It's okay. I just don't do that. But I heard that. I heard the whole, and I just, I mean, it's a large church, and people were there, and they knew me, and they know I don't do that. But you know what? When you get to a place where you're desperate enough to hear from the Lord, when you're ready to reposition yourself, to see him like you've never seen him, when you when you want him to move in your situation and you hear the Holy Spirit tell you to do you will reposition yourself. And something happened. I just said, I don't care who sees me. I want to see the Lord. I want him to see this situation. And I just started moving my feet, dancing. I felt the liberty in my spirit. I heard my wife, the Holy Spirit hit her, and that whole church knew something was going on. The Spirit of God moved in that place. And when we repositioned ourselves, and here's what, here's what I believe, there is no doubt in my mind, whatever it is you're dealing with will never be broken in the natural until it's first broken in the Spirit. It'll never happen. When you try to maneuver and manipulate it in the flesh, you cannot carry carnal weapons to a spiritual battle. This is a spiritual battle. But what happened that night by dancing on the devil's head, it was broken in the spirit. It took days to work out, but I'm here to tell you right now that when you reposition yourself, when you move in obedience to God and humble yourself before Him and before the people, He sees you, you will see him in a way you've never seen him before and what you've been looking for he will bring to pass in your life. Give him praise right here. See, you gotta humble yourself that you don't care what anybody else thinks. And all through scripture, people have been repositioned. Moses was repositioned in just a bush where he was picked up. But it was divinely ordered of the Lord. He would grow up in Pharaoh's house and later be able to walk back in and say, let my people go. There was a woman who had been hemorrhaging for years. And what did she do? She repositioned herself. She said, if I can just touch him, if I... Jesus didn't even see her and there was a massive crowd but she didn't care what everybody else thought. She didn't care what they said. If I can just reach out and touch him I know that I will be made whole. And immediately when she repositioned herself and touched him Jesus turned around and said who touched me? I felt virtue. I felt healing power go out from me. And he reached around and she was made whole because she didn't care what everybody else said reposition yourself to see the Lord and I promise you he'll give you the desires of your heart she repositioned herself Zacchaeus saw the Lord he saw the Lord second point is this Jesus saw Zacchaeus I love this. Because nowhere, nowhere in Scripture do we see before that they had ever encountered each other. He didn't know who he was that we know of. But when Zacchaeus repositioned himself to see him, through all the crowd, Jesus looks up and sees Zacchaeus. And here's what he said to him, Zacchaeus. Here's what I want you to get out of this. Jesus called him by his name. I love that. I want you to know this this morning. He knows your name. I don't care your past. I don't care what's going on in your life. I don't care any of that. I don't care any of your family history. What I want you to know is this this morning. He knows your name. He knows what's going on in your life. He knows the issues of your life. He knows the numbers of the hairs that are on top of your head. And as we sang a moment ago, he is for you. He is for you. He is for you. He is for you. And the Bible says no weapon formed against you will ever prosper. He loves you right where you are. He loves your mess. He's not afraid of your mess. And if you'll humble yourself, He will see you today. He knows everything. Many times I go to prayer and I want to just bring out my laundry list. That's the way we go to Him and we talk to Him. Try telling Him something He doesn't know. Lord, I want you to know I hadn't been feeling good. Sometimes I think He will say, Really? I didn't know that. When did that happen? When did that circle? Oh, no. He knows before you ever get there, before you ever get the words out. He knows the thoughts of our mind, the intents of our mind. And if we would just go to him more with our praise and with our worship and say, Lord, because of you, I even got up this morning. You know where I am. You know what I have need of. And there's nothing impossible with you, nothing too hard for you. I give it to you today, Lord. But the question is today, in repositioning ourselves. Come on, Corey, and start playing. That helps me quit. Most of the time. You see and what Zacchaeus, what Jesus said to him was, I'm going to your house today. What that meant was he was gonna fellowship. Come on. Come on now. We'll have fellowship today. I'm so thankful that serving the Lord is not a Sunday thing. Oh, it's great to come in with the music and the beautiful praise and worship. But you know what? I can get in my truck and He's still with me. I can get in my truck and start talking to Him and feel the same presence that I feel in this place today. Fellowship. And Zacchaeus' life was turned around. He said, Lord, I'll, I'll pay back. I'll give back four times what I cheated everybody. It was a turnaround moment in his life. But it all boils down to this in our lives, personally and corporately. I don't know what changes you're talking about, and it really doesn't matter. It's just about how bad do you want to see him work and move in your life? Because I promise you, you draw near to Him, He will draw near to you. Amen. He cannot resist. He can't resist it. When our prayers go up like a sweet-smelling fragrance, He cannot <laughs> resist that. Some time ago, I, I was at a conference and I was coming home, and I was hungry. And, and I thought, okay, I, I, my favorite restaurant I'll wait till I get there. That sounds good today. You know, but I was a couple of hours away, and you know how when you're really hungry and you've eaten at this place a lot, it's like you can start smelling whatever it is you want come through the air conditioning system. Oh, man. And that's the way it was this day. And so when I got there, let me show it to you. These are not snakes, by the way. was like to clarify that. So I made it to my favorite place. Krispy Kreme. Some, some of you have not moved all day but when I pulled that out there you is. Woo. I saw a couple of you. Oh! Felt a wave of glory on that one. So I went in got a dozen I told you I was hungry and I didn't get and I got a quart of milk, whole milk we're going donuts, we're going whole milk I mean aren't those things just beautiful right there went to the car and put my head in the box Red light was on this morning, too. Listen, after about four donuts, I'm serious, my head was straight down, and about that fourth donut, I started thinking, I wonder if anybody's looking at me. I had sugar all over my face, sugar all over the car, And you know what? I didn't care. I got what I wanted. Now, how many of you would like a donut? Put your hand up. Put your hand up. All right, I got 11 more. I'm not kidding. Come on.
0: Three more Come
1: on Yeah Now here's the question what happened to the rest of you? You raised your hand that you wanted one. But you just sat there. You you wanted it, but you didn't want it bad enough to reposition yourself to get up and come and get it. That's exactly the way it is with the Lord. You sat there wondering what somebody else was going to think, what somebody else was going to say. When you get to the place that you don't care what anybody else thinks or says, you come to the Lord, I promise you you will be fulfilled and unlike this box his box is never empty morning by morning new mercies I see thy grace is sufficient great is your faithfulness to me oh God when you reposition yourself his box is never empty he'll give you the desires of your heart every day every morning everybody get up on your feet right now give God praise in this house Give him worship in the house this morning. Give him worship in the house. You know, the interesting thing is this. Most of the people who came were younger. There's no reason why every great awakening and every great revival that takes place anywhere in the world takes place with a new generation that absolutely they're not in a box. They don't care what everybody else thinks. They don't care what they say. They just want to see a move of God in their life. You hear me today. The greatest thing you can do is reposition yourself for the next generation. On your sons and your daughters, the Bible says they will prophesy. The world is now set. They're going to go places around the world that you and I never went. Raise up an army of young men and women who know the power of the Spirit and release them into the world. Here's what I want to ask you right now. You say, I want to reposition myself to see the Lord like I've never seen Him. I want to reposition myself. I'm preaching to myself. There are things in the book that I have not seen that I want to see. I want to see more signs and miracles and wonders. And divine healing from the Lord. And I believe in the days to come, those things are going to happen. Because God is going to show up and let the world. What happened in, the, in when the Holy Spirit came? Come on. Come on. The Holy Spirit came. History repeats itself. They were in the upper room. They were redeemed, but they were afraid. What were they afraid of? They were afraid of the culture. Because the group that had just crucified Jesus was in the street looking for the disciples. The Bible says the Holy Spirit came. And what it did, it gave them boldness to encounter the culture. They didn't care what the culture said. And they walked by and saw a man who'd been crippled from his birth. And Peter and John, no doubt they had walked in every day and had passed by him numerous times. But this was the day. This was the day that God ordained for a miracle for that man's life. Don't you ever give up praying? Don't you ever give up on any situation. Don't give up on sons and daughters because you don't know but what that day is the day when the miracle is going to happen. Then they looked at him and said, we don't have any money but what we do have in the name of Jesus. Get up and walk. The Bible says the man got up and walked, ran through the temple leaping, praising God and the people saw it and they started asking questions by whose authority and by what power did this happen and they said this Jesus Peter said this Jesus that you crucified God has raised him up and made him both Lord and Christ he's still Lord he's still Christ over the culture and what he's going to release is going to be a magnet to his name and he's going to get glory he's going to get honor I want to see it happen in my lifetime You want to be repositioned this morning. Get out of your seat and come and stand right now in Jesus' name. Come on, quickly. King's business requires haste. in your life but the Holy Spirit does and right now the Holy Spirit is speaking to you specifically about something and repositioning your own heart and repositioning your own life it could be today that you're here and you don't have a relationship with Jesus you've come by this way today and I want you to know that he has seen you he knows where you are And if you just simply ask the Lord to come into your heart and come into your life, He already sees you. You will have fellowship with Him today. He will go to your house. He will leave. You are the temple that He will dwell. You you become His house. And He will be with you 24-7. Some of you, it's relationships with 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 family, with sons and daughters, and with spouses. And you're here today because you want the Lord to move and answer and move in your situation. I want you to know He will do that today if you will trust Him and believe Him, trust His Word, trust His promises today. And it could be that 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 maybe your prayer life has been lacking, maybe the study of His Word has been lacking he's saying get into my word and he simply said that if you abide in me and my words abide in you then you can ask what you will and it will be done if you will take God his word he's married to his word he watches over his word he will keep his covenant word for you and here's all I'm going to ask you to do right now I want you just to lift up your hands and just surrender to the Lord Just say, Lord, I surrender myself to you this morning. I reposition myself. I lay my will. I lay my flesh today at your altar. Reposition me. Reposition me, Lord. I'm repositioning that I might see you afresh and I might see you anew. Go ahead. Just talk to him out of your heart right now. Just talk to him out of your heart. Lord, if there are those that are here right now that do not know you, By faith, they are confessing this morning their sin. Receive them right where they are. They accept you right now. They believe that you are the Lord, that you died for their sins. They confess that before you today. Come into their heart and come into their life. Do it today, Lord, I pray, in your strong name. In your strong name, you will go with them today to their home. You'll go with them to the situation that they left. I pray, Lord, just draw near to them right now. Holy Spirit, speak to their hearts. Speak to their life even right now. Give them the determination. Give them the determination. Ourself, our will dies right here today. Our will, our way, it dies right here today, Lord. We seek you. We seek your face. We seek your will for our life today. And we know that you hear us. We know that you hear us. Now, just give him praise right where you are. Just speak it. Speak with your mouth. Speak with your mouth. Speak with your mouth. This is a time of praise. This is a time of praise now. He's heard you. You have moved. You've humbled yourself. You've moved. Now, just give him praise. He inhabits the praises of his people. He inhabits your praise. He inhabits your praise. He inhabits our praise. He moves in your praise. He moves in your praise. He moves in our praise. He moves in that praise. Now, Father, in the strong name of Jesus right now, I bring everyone who's come to this altar today. They have come as an act of repositioning themselves before you. Many of them have known you and served you all of their life yet there's still a hunger to see you like never before. Lord, I pray that you would just open up. Open up your word to them. Open up the spirit of God. Fresh anointing rest upon them today. Fresh anointing upon their prayer life and upon their speech the oil of the Holy Spirit that flows from the top of their head to the sole of their feet. I pray that when they walk in the community here that there would be a sweet smelling fragrance of that anointing that would touch them and let it be a magnet Lord let it be a magnet to those who do not know you it's an attraction to them. and Lord there are others who have come here today and they are perplexed in their life They are perplexed in their life about their situation today. But they have come here, Lord, and have humbled themselves at this altar. And I pray right now, Lord, let their self, let their own self-manipulation of the problem and of the situation, let it die here right now. Let the frustration of their plans and their way of doing it and trying to solve it. Let it die here right now. And Lord, let there be a dependency upon you and upon the Spirit. And let them take it to you in prayer. And in that, Lord, may the wisdom of the Holy Spirit give them words to speak when there is time to speak. But Lord, you just work it out in a way that they never dreamed of like you did in our life. You orchestrate things. And when it seems that you are silent, when it seems like our prayers are not getting through, you hear every word and you are orchestrating something behind the scenes to bring deliverance that they never would have thought of. And in the end, what will happen is you're the only one that will receive glory. You're the only one that will receive the honor for prayers that are going to be answered. And we call every prodigal home. We call every son and daughter in the name of Jesus back into the kingdom right here. We come against the spirit of alcohol, drugs, rebellion, divorce and everything that has been loosed in the kingdom. Lord, I ask right now, release strong, mighty, warring angels to go to where they are, that every assignment of the enemy is canceled. Every contract from hell has been annulled in the name of Jesus Christ. Bring them in. I pray they won't be able to get drunk. They won't be able to get high on what is going on. Bring them to a relationship with you. In Jesus' strong name. Now, Lord, I speak blessing over this house. Over Pastor John, and Valerie, today, their family. I speak blessing over them. Thank you for what you're doing in this house. Reposition them, Lord, to reach this community, to reach this region. We thank you for the spirit that is already here for the leadership that is already here. Now, Lord, I just pray, blow their minds. Blow their minds as to what you want to do, that men and women would find Jesus Christ. And we establish divine parameters around them today. And we just decree and declare that only the laws of the kingdom of God are going to operate within those parameters. Every assignment of the enemy is canceled today. We declare the lordship of Jesus over them and this church for your holy name's sake. And amen, amen, and amen. If you believe God's hurt you today, give him praise in the house.